0: Love Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: NFL draft, and um, what an exciting, you know, this might have been the most exciting draft ever, Um, and, you know, all the way through, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't watch every round. Um, You have kids and a job and other obligations, you know, it's not all that easy, but that said, I certainly watched as much of it as I could, and um, what I was able to watch, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so kudos to ESPN and NFL network um, for a, a great production and um you know it, it's nice when you're sitting here in May and you won't really get any f- real serious football till september. Um, so you know we still have five months to go we're four months out for three or four months out from football. And to get an event that exciting was was really nice, considering it's May and spring, and it's not football time. But to have football be top front center in sports, even with all the basketball news and the basketball playoffs, have just been phenomenal. Um, and even with all the basketball news, football still took center stage with uh, Clowney and Manziel, and uh, and of course, you know, Michael Sam. We will talk about. Um, so it was a great draft. It really was. Um, So, that said, let me introduce, uh, I have one co-host with me. Uh, I am anticipating a full house, so uh, let me bring on, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, Train calls him, uh, little big brother. I don't know where he really gets that from, a big little brother. I don't really know where he gets that from, but that's what he calls him, so it's kind of cute. So, but everybody knows him as JB, my brother, JB. Welcome to the Madden Voice.
0: What's up, brother? Appreciate it.
1: Uh, it's always good to have you, man. It's just you and me right now, waiting on K Star, waiting on uh Dr. Train to join us. K Star said he was running a few minutes late, probably watching the Pacers game and probably, you know, gagging on something since uh they're losing right now to the Wizards, so he's hmm. probably uh gagging on something and uh Train was, was calling kinda of right as he walked out of work was gonna give us a call. So right now it's just uh you and me. So share with me without getting we'll we'll get into the specifics shortly, but Big picture-wise, what were your thoughts on the draft based on what you were able to watch and what you were able to catch on our updates and stuff?
0: Well, I thought it was a great draft, personally. Um, there was some movement, which I expected to see somewhere. Um, I knew some teams were going to move up, some were going to move down. But overall, it was a very good draft, I think. Uh, I'm glad to see that just from a Cowboys perspective, we didn't jump and grab Mandel with the 16th uh, pick. I'm glad that Jerry Jones showed well, hey, hey, a hey, lot of restraint.
1: Did I just say don't get specifics Wait
0: you, you I jumping, can't you help
1: head? it, man. You're I jumping ahead. I can't, I can't help it. You're going to get to talk about the Cowboys. I'm giving you the Cowboys to talk about. I'm going to let you I I'm know. So just hang tight. But big picture, you enjoyed the game, right? I mean, you enjoyed the draft. Big
0: big, big picture, great draft. I think it was uh, one of the deepest drafts that we've seen in terms of quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive linemen. So it's it's nice to see those kinds of drafts where the teams that need the help can go in and find the help, Uh, unlike some of the drafts in the past where it's been slim pickings and nobody really can get the kind of player that they need, let alone want so from that perspective it was nice to see
1: yeah and I, you know and for me um it was a deep draft and I think that helped I really do but I also enjoyed the production value of it I I I really enjoyed that they make it an event you know I think that um I, I like uh, every bit of it all the hype bringing the players on stage and all I liked all of that I think that um you know, people that aren't professional, and you know, certainly you and I aren't professional athletes, but we've we've dabbled in the field of athletics. And I can only imagine the amount of dedication that these guys have spent um, since very young, for years and years and years, to get to play on the highest level. Um, you know, and and their whole lives are changing as we speak. You know, from you know pretty much just being a uh, uh, you know a highly touted college football player to now. Uh, becoming a multimillionaire um, pretty much instantly and all of your dreams and hopes and wishes just come through come true and the fact that the NFL recognizes that and really gives these guys all of the pomp and circumstance that they deserve because you guys you know 20 21 22 years old they probably been playing football for 12 you know, years, thirteen years longer, you know, Pee Wee League and, you know, middle school and high school and college and you know, and now finally their dream of making it to the NFL is within grasp and it's being given all of the respect that I think it deserves. And I I I, I think other sports can learn from that.
2: You know, make it a
1: spectacle, make it an event, make it something that your fans want to see, your fans want to tune into, you know, it was the most watched draft of all time. And um, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the NFL made it production, made it production worthy. And I, I
0: respect and appreciate that, you know, so. Um, yeah. I i, 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 I I just want to jump in because before I forget, you hit the nail right on the head, T, when you said pomp and circumstance because it really is a graduation for these players. They are graduating into the professional lifestyle, and they get to come out with their own opening music, which I thought was really cool. So with, with that one phrase, it really sums up not only the importance of these players jumping from the college to the pros, but, yes, making it a, a truly a grand event because it is, it is a, a celebration, a graduation for these players. They get to become something that they've always dreamed of. And I think that all of us, no matter what kind of profession it is, we always want to be able to do something that we've dreamed about doing since we were a little kid. So yeah, kudos to the NFL for doing it the right way. Yeah, I agree. I give them, I give them all the
1: credit in the world. Uh, we have another co-host joining us. Let's bring him on. This man is uh, our, our resident doctor of philosophy. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, man? Trying to run up out of work. <laughs> man, man.
0: Yeah. Well
1: well uh don't run walk. <laughs> do,
2: walk not fast, go. Bro.
1: Do, do not real pass, Do not pass do not collect two hundred dollars.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if That's if you true. don't matter I just wanna get your take on one kind of general question. Uh we're still waiting on K Star, we're also uh, said he was running a few minutes late. But production-wise, event-wise, not really getting into specifics just yet, what was your take on the draft?
3: I actually enjoyed it, man. This is actually the first year I watched the draft every single day, like all, all three days. Uh, I love the way they, um, you know, I was watching my lady, and she asked, you know, why they got the extra person coming up Given the pick, I think it's like the second day they start that, or maybe they start on the first day. I was like you know, it's the way that they get the fans involved, because uh, I think they even have fans going to pick by the third day. So overall, I, I I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, you bring up something we didn't talk about, but I and they've been doing that for a while. Um, and but it is a nice feature to bring legends of the game back um you know i kind of would watch the legends walk up and try to guess see if i knew who it was um yeah you know before they announced the name and i think i was probably about 75% uh, Herman Moore for the, for the Lions, I knew who he was. I'm like, I know who that is. I can't get his name. I know he's a wide receiver for the Lions. I can't remember his name, you know. But some of them, like, you know, Aeneas Williams, knew right away. Mike Singletary, of course, knew right away. You know, some of them you just know right away. But then some of them is like, hmm, you know, trying to figure out who that is. You know, Barry Sanders, of course, we know right away, you know. But... Yeah. Um, but you know, as just, just, I was saying before you before you came on, and Jay was co-signing, you know, it's just great for us avid football fans to get a nice football event, you know, right in the middle of off season. You know, we're fiending missing football, and uh, to give us uh, something powerful with such high production value, um, I really appreciate the NFL doing for us, and I think other sports could to. really could really learn from the NFL. I think basketball could pick up their game a bit, you know. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't even know when to tell you what I know about baseball. I know they do a draft. Couldn't tell you when it is. I I know nothing about it, you know? So those are our three major sports. (laughs) I know the NBA does a fairly good job, but I think they could pick it up. Baseball, I couldn't, uh, you know, not even on my radar screen draft wise. And I also think, and I also think, now go ahead, Trey. All right.
3: Now, I was gonna say I think baseball is some towards the end of football season or right right after because I remember the whole thing came out with uh, some team uh, drafting uh, Russell. I mean, yeah, uh,
2: Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and the other thing is, and then you know, we'll we'll, we'll jump into our, our topics, but I think you could be surprised at the how a, a casual or average fan after watching this event could become more of a fan or how you could get people that may not watch a lot of football to get interested. If you give them a good event like this, I think it can only help your sport. It can't hurt your, your sport. You know, they want to know what is all this hype about Javian Clowney? What is all this hype about Johnny Manziel? Who is this openly gay guy? They're talking about getting drafted. You know, they, people start to k- catch interest in the storylines because there's no football, and guess what? When you get mm-hmm. interested in the story, the next thing is now you want to see how it plays out on the field. So I, I think yeah. the NFL is doing a really good job. I really I – really, my hats off to Roger Goodell and the team. Um, and, and all the, and all the, the, the um, NFL franchises, you know, and, and they're contribu- you know, contributing to this as well. I think it's a great, great job. Um, um, before we get into the draft and football, um, I, I do want to touch on, and I, and I was going to touch on it anyway, but um, to our benefit, um, both Donald Sterling and his wife had separate interviews on TV uh, within the last 24 hours, and, uh, you know, I, I, I find it interesting that, obviously, Donald Sterling and his people must have listened to the Madden voice, because I do believe it was a week ago that I said, where's the apology? Um, you know, how, how do you not come out and apologize? And um, and sure enough, he, well, I don't even know if I would classify it as an apology. I will say he attempted to apologize. Um, JB, let me, let me ask you first. I don't know if you, have you caught any of it? Did you catch any of the interview between uh, Sterling and then the second interview with his wife?
0: I caught uh, snippets of it uh, via third party in other uh talk shows or uh, things of that nature. So I did catch a little bit of it, and it's basically like we said last week. If you're going to apologize, do it up front. We all know it's not going to be a sincere one, but at least do it up front. And to wait this long to give this half-assed apology, still not buying it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Not buying any of it.
1: Train, do you think it was a sincere apology from Mr. Sterling? Hell no, Stephen <laughs> <Season eight>. A. <laughs> in the words of Stephen A., yeah, I said it.
3: Hell no. I don't know what that was, man. <laughs> that dude is delusional, bro. He's still living in slavery days. I'm trying to tell you, it's just a million, it's just a billion dollar plantation. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Trans- yeah.
1: How
0: I- you really feel, bro?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was just <laughs>
1: co-sign both of you. Um, um, I, don't, I don't really know what the heck that was. Even, when, even before he went off on his rant about Magic Johnson, the, the half apology of am I entitled to one mistake, I love my team, I love my league. Well, we know it wasn't one mistake. We know you have a documented history of racism. And then you proceeded to go right into showing your true colors. You proceeded. It's almost like he's his own worst enemy. Just let him talk. Just get him talking long enough, and he can't help it. He's a billionaire. He's 81 years old or 80, whatever he is, and he's never had, clearly in the last 30 years, he's never been accountable to anybody. So he's used to saying and doing whatever he wants, and nobody can touch him. And so he, he clearly showed his colors. You know, and went on another tirade about Magic Johnson. Now, let's be frank. Let's be honest, okay? A lot of people ain't going to say this, but some of what he said was true. Okay, some of what he said was true. But that said, and, 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 and to be clear, you know, we know Magic Johnson was, you know, had a girl in every port. We know that. He admitted to that. You know, we know that Magic Johnson more than likely contracted HIV from the fact that he was out there playing Wilt Chamberlain. We know that, okay? All of that is well-documented. He admitted it, period, okay? So I, I can't condemn him for speaking the truth on that level. What I can say to him is, why do you feel the need to say that now? And if you had done your homework, you would know what Magic Johnson has done for the black community over the last 20-plus uh, years. You would know what he's done in economic development, um, You know what he's done for jobs and opportunities you know, what he, you know Ma- Magic Johnson is a pillar of the Los Angeles community. And I think, and I'm not the first one to say this, I think this is his way of trying to figure out a way to keep Magic Johnson from taking ownership of that team because that's what the NBA wants. Magic Johnson is a Los Angeles legend, okay, and everyone wants him to take over ownership of the Clippers. He's not going to get the Lakers. He had a small pre- piece of the Lakers for a little while, but the Bus family ain't giving up the Lakers. So they want him to take over the Clippers as ownership. And he knows it. And So this is his way of trying to make it harder for Magic. And really all he did was make it easier. Really all he did was just open the door even wider. And I will give Magic credit, and I hope that uh, Saint is out there listening or catches the archive, because Magic says, you know, I'm going to pray for him and I'm going to forgive him, but we need to move on. You know, Magic is saying all the right things. You know, you got to love a guy um, that has no reason to say all the right things. Could be vindictive. Could be mean-spirited, you know, and he's taking the high road. I got to give Magic a lot of credit. Um, But what about, Trey, I'm going to go to you first. Mrs. Sterling... Who contends that the sins of the husband, who she claims to have been separated from for over a year, should not be her sins, says she will fight the NBA, and that she feels she's entitled to maintain ownership.
3: Well, she's delusional also. You know, um, no, you, you, didn't, you didn't say the things that he said, and, and you may not completely agree with his views, but you're attached to him. so. It's, Guilty by association. (laughs) We're all familiar with that process. There's nothing she can do about it. I I
2: think
3: when she talks, there's no point in listening. So what she has to say just really doesn't matter. It's almost worse than him talking.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, I see why K-Star is late getting on to uh, the Madden voice. The Pacers are down by seven at the half. That's what it is. Okay, Uh,
0: JB, your thoughts on Mrs. Sterling? Uh, Basically, the same thing. I mean, two nutty buddies ought to stick together. There's reports out there that when Thomas Sterling was doing all of his dirty work as a slumlord, she was going undercover to watch everybody, so that she could further participate in the same doing that he was doing. So, one is just as bad as the other. Pick your poison. She knew exactly what was going on. She just wants to hold on because of the money train. She's as bad as that uh, V. Stivian woman. They're all about the money. They want that dollars because they know it makes sense. So, yeah, she's crazy, too. Yeah. She's absolutely nuts.
1: Yeah.
0: I think she's got um, a little
1: – she makes a little more sense than her husband. But, you know, you, you know you're know, you a married couple or divorced or separated or whatever. You bought the team as a couple. Um no one in that family should maintain ownership. No one with the last name Sterling should be allowed to maintain ownership. Period. Um, you know, and and I will admit that when I saw her on the Today Show, she did look kind of surprised at what her husband was saying. But I'm thinking underneath it, she's probably thinking, how stupid can you be? Not that she's surprised that he's racist, but that he's actually coming on TV and making those statements, knowing what's at stake. That's what I think her surprise was. So, yeah, they they just got to go. And, um, you know, they they, they have no support. And, you know, even though Magic's going to pray for them and, you know, there was a few uh, uh, Whitlock, Jason Whitlock, who's a sports writer, a sports reporter out there, you know, said that we should forgive him, but he shouldn't own a team. Um, You know, there are a few people coming around with the Saint point of view. Um, I don't think forgiveness is the issue. You know, uh, are we going to forgive the ripple effect to the organization, the, you know, the millions that they're losing in sponsorships, you know, the people that aren't coming to the games now because of what's going on and how that affects the, the little guy that's selling popcorn and cotton candy and hot dogs? You know, are we going to forgive all of that? So I, I'm, I'm sorry, Saint. I, mean, I think you're a pillar, pillar in your community. I think you're a stand-up brother. I really do. And I strive to be like you. But right now, I'm too angry to be like you, you know. So when I get done being angry, then I'll talk about forgiveness. Right now, I'm just a little pissed off. So um, that said, let's get to the draft. We waited long enough for K-Star. Uh, if he show, uh, you know, hopefully, he'll, he'll join us. If he doesn't, uh, wishing the best, and we're going to go on. So, so we're going to start off, before we talk about specific teams and draft rankings and all that, Let's start with the biggest story of the draft, and surprisingly, the biggest story of the draft is not Johnny Manziel. The biggest story of the draft is Michael Sam, the first openly gay person drafted in the NFL, as was seen on ESPN and and NFL Network and was plastered um, pretty much all over those networks for most of the weekend. Um, and of course, we all saw uh, his tears, his exuberation, and his affection to his uh, p- his partner. Um, Jason, you know, when you saw all of that, what were you, what were your thoughts? What were your reactions?
0: Um, I'll be painfully honest with you. I really didn't have a problem with it. I was caught off guard only because that's something that we don't see every day, especially with it being a football player. I don't care if it's high school, college, or pro. We don't see that type of display from one man to another man. So from that perspective, I was only caught off guard because I'm not used to it. I had no problem with it. Um, I think it's great. It's a breakthrough. Uh, he's a, a pioneer in his own right, and hopefully he does make the squad, and if he doesn't, he finds another spot on another team. But I think we got to start looking big picture. This is 21st century, and um who is it? Hello?
1: JB? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I lost you for a second. Train, you still there? Nope, nope. Yep, I'm still here. Okay. Um, Train, do you have any thoughts? Any, any, any thoughts on anything that has to do with the Michael Sam draft?
3: For the most part, I, I agree with what Jay just said. Uh, with this, with, uh, there, there are two things that I will add. One, I'm, I, I don't want them to get up to the press conference and constantly say we drafted him as a football player. It's the NFL draft. What else the hell did you draft him for? be? A cheerleader? <laughs> I didn't know that there were other positions that you could get on the NFL team other than in the NFL draft other than to be a football player do you actually have to keep saying yeah we draft him as a football player well damn uh did he drop did anything else that's annoying secondly ESPN you don't show nobody else uh celebration custom when they get drafted because I'm in the same system as we say. yeah, it's it's a little odd seeing another man kiss a man and kiss another man, and he's a football player. But do I gotta see it every time I turn on ESPN? Mm-hmm. Like, can we 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 got the celebration? We we got it. We got it. We good. But I mean to keep showing the clip. You did it for nobody else. Mm-hmm. Other guys are married, got a girlfriend. You you did it for nobody else, but you have to do it for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because of okay. the whole open league game thing.
2: Hmm.
3: Other gay okay. players in the NFL. He just decided to say it before he got drafted.
1: Okay. We now have, finally joining us uh, from Indiana as he's watching his Pacers down by 11 in a game that they should win at home, but they're down by 11. We have uh, the 10th ranked Madden player according to Madden World Syndicate. I'm really disappointed in that, K-Star. I looked at the rankings here ranked whoa. 10th. You're
4: ranked 10th, brother. Ooh, what's yeah, up? That, this is Hold on. Relax. This is not a good introduction. You've got to redo this. I mean, that was <laughs> really...
2: Uh, the writers
4: of the show. really did a horrible job there. Uh, that's
1: what happens when you're, 20, when you're 20, 25 minutes late. You get a shitty introduction. When you're on time, you get... <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man.
4: Let me tell you something. I had, by far and away, one of the most hellacious workouts I ever went through. Like, I was lightheaded. Like, I literally had to recover. Hey, hey, you wouldn't want me out here, uh, on the air early on time. It's just living a mess. It well, really hey, would have been.
1: Let me at least say this. It's been a while since you've been with us. It is good to have you back on the Madden Voice. So welcome back to the Madden Voice.
4: I am happy to be here, but real quick, I'm not going to let that NWS thing slide. Uh, I'm top 10, and I haven't even played a game yet against anyone on there. I'm trying to find a game on there. People, for a reason, aren't really trying to play me too much. Um, I don't know if it's just the mystique or the legend uh, that is me, K-Star, but uh, you'll see me shoot through, off those rankings once I get some games in. That's I'm hoping,
1: man, because there's about five
4: guys I know
1: ranked ahead of you that I know you could smoke. Oh no, oh yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah. But I'll of those you games sitting,
1: in. You, you're sitting there like, yo, mama's ranked fifth. Yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah, 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 he, yeah, yeah. Funk ranked ahead of you. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, we're talking about Michael Sam, and 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 you may have heard Train's comments as you as you tuned in. Uh, just want to get. I, I think it's the biggest news clearly. By the coverage, even bigger than the Johnny Manziel drafting of, of this draft. Thoughts on the drafting, if, if anything, of Johnny. Man- of, I'm sorry, of Michael Sam.
4: Um, you know, I, I would just say that uh, good for him for being drafted. But at the end of the day, he actually hurt his draft stock. Unfortunately, uh, I think by coming out and admitting he was gay before the NFL Combine and draft, he put a lot of pressure and uh, the spotlight on him unnecessarily. Uh, I feel like he should have waited until maybe after the NFL draft to do that because um, had he uh, done that, uh, I guarantee he probably would have shot up a couple of rounds. But no one team will acknowledge that. The guy was a tremendous pass rusher and was a co-defensive uh, player of the year in the SEC. So I mean, let's be honest, the guy had talent despite the poor combine. Um, I'm kind of annoyed by it though, just because I feel he was getting too much coverage. Um, you know, I understand why, but. You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's just kind of self-promotion, I feel, uh, by, you know, uh, entertaining the, these news conferences. I saw one earlier when I was at the gym, I couldn't believe it, like him and Jeff Bish were sitting next to together, uh together, answering questions, and I didn't see what the questions were, but I can only imagine what they were about, and I'm just like, why, why? Like, why? why did they sign up for this? Like, this is ridiculous, and this is why he fell to the seventh round, and he did it to himself, and... You no, know, I mean, he can be him and that's fine, but he didn't, at the time he was just ill-advised and just seemed selfish.
1: Well, K-Star, you are opening the door to where I'm about to go. And I'm going in a different place than all of you. And I'm not even going to ask for forgiveness because um, I will say this. I don't care whether people like or don't like what I'm about to say. But K-Star cracked the door open. I'm about to blow it wide open. So just give me a moment. Um, first of all, K-Star is absolutely right. This guy was projected a fourth-round draft pick, co-defensive player of the SEC, which is widely considered the the, the most, that the toughest defensive league of all of the of the conferences in the uh, NCAA. Am I right, brother Jay? Yes. Yeah.
0: You are correct.
1: Okay. And he was co-defensive player of the year, and projected before he came out as a fourth-round pick. So clearly. By announcing that you're gay, there's a motive there. There's a motive. Because why would you cost yourself that kind of money? Okay? Because clearly it was more important for him to express the fact that he was gay than it is to play football. And here's why I say this. We see cameras in people's homes We see the people in the green room. We see people there waiting to be drafted, and there's cameras. Who's the first person that they give love to when these guys get drafted?
4: Who's the first person?
0: Their mama.
4: Thank you. to God and Jesus and yeah. The right. Well, well, when they get on the microphone, it's
1: God and Jesus. But when you see them hugging and kissing someone, who's the first person? Usually a mother or the a mother, father yeah, of some sort, right? Or some sort of guardian. And maybe it was an aunt or a grandmother. Always, that's the first person every time. Yeah, they'll get to the girlfriend or the boyfriend or you know what I'm not boyfriend, but you know, don't get to the significant other. They'll get to it if they got a baby. They'll get that's coming too. This guy, right away, starts making out with his boyfriend. Now, I watched this live. I watched it happen live. I'm not even in train. I'm with you on the countless, countless replays. But I watched this live because I wanted to see who was going to get Mr. Irrelevant. So I started. I wasn't watching. I started. And then all of a sudden, they they start talking, you know, Michael Sam. And he's crying. And I'm like, oh, good for him. And my my first reaction was, good for him. You know, he's getting his shot. I think, you know, honestly, I'd hope the Cowboys would t- take a look at him, frankly. But whatever, you know, because we need pass rushers. So, hey, but you know what? I was happy for him. But I'm watching this unfold, and I'm like, okay, they keep kissing. Where's the mother? Where's the, I don't even know his situation, but where are the people that raised you, that drove you to practice every day, that, that, that brought you your first set of shoulder pads? that You know what I mean? Like, where are those people in your life that helped you get to this stage? Why are you kissing this, this, this dude And nobody else. There's nobody else in the picture. Well, there's a reason for that. He did that shit on purpose. That was done on purpose. And I lost a lot of respect because of that. I don't think that that was necessary. You know, hey, you're gay. That's your thing. All right? But at that moment, at that moment, you are sending the message of being a, a gay football player. Because that's what you want to be known as, not a football player. Well, that's not helping your movement. is it the whole thing to be judged for being a man and not being a gay man? Isn't that what black people say? Don't judge me for being a black man. Judge me for being a man. So isn't it the whole thing to be judged as a man who happens to be gay, not a gay man? Well, you didn't help yourself, bro. You did not help yourself. Your whole focus was on your homosexuality. That was your focus, and that's what you wanted, and that's what you got. And from that point on, I lost all respect. I had went on and tweeted congratulations and all that, but as I watched it, I lost all respect. I think it was done on purpose. I think it was intentional, and I have zero respect for that. The people that should have been in your inner circle first should have been the same people that everybody else congratulated, the people that helped you get there. I don't know who that guy was, but clearly he was your partner. Well, I don't think he was your partner at 12 years old when you were being taken to practice I don't think it was your partner you know eight or nine years ago but yet there are family that was helping you hone your skills and hone your craft so you get this opportunity why weren't they the first ones you were congratulating because you did it on purpose I don't have any respect for that you know I, I just that to me and the fact that nobody nobody and the cake did y'all see the cake really you are the 249th pick in the draft, and you're shoving cake down your partner's face. This ain't a wedding. You still got to make the damn team. I just, I thought it was too much from him on purpose, and I didn't like it. And I don't care what anybody says. I didn't like it. He just
2: thanked
1: his family, and he kissed his, his, his partner, and gave him some love and all of that.
2: Okay, fine.
1: That makes sense. But the fact that that's what the focus was for three, four, five minutes with the cameras right there, I knew what you was doing. And I'm disappointed that no one else, not even the great Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless called him out on that. Everybody's defending him because nobody wants to be politically incorrect. Nobody wants to
2: oh. he
4: really is. People are getting swallowed. What's that? I
2: don't,
3: I
4: don't People know. People are getting there by any nigga reaction publicly. It's crazy. It's... People... People, like, are really, are getting destroyed. If if you make any kind of negative comment whatsoever, you are absolutely just, like, uh, you know, burned out there. Like, cast and burn. The like, people are just trying to, like, you know, take you out. It's, it's insane. Like, you have to have a positive reaction publicly for everything that's, you know, went on. And it was like a spectacle. That's what they made it. And I didn't really understand it either. Uh, it just seemed contrived. It seemed theatrical. It definitely seemed staged. They knew what they were doing. And you know it's fine to be happy and everything, but that wasn't well. I'll well, I, I say two
3: things. I'll say two things. One, uh, I don't, I don't. His whole celebration for being drafted, for being drafted 249 or whatever, that's that's his celebration. Uh, my issue was the fact that ESPN spent so much time publicizing it, so I can't really fault Michael Sam for that. But I will agree with you on one case T where you say. Um, he wants to be known as a football player, and if that's the case, then there was no need for you to come out and say that you're gay before being drafted. Because before you were, before that was out, it was all about you being a football player. But you wanted everyone to know that you were gay first before you got drafted. Me and one guy had this discussion. And I was just like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see the point of it. If you want to be known as a football player. No different than, than, than me moving up the ladder in corporate America or you moving up the ladder in corporate America. You want to be known for your skill set, not for the color of your skin. So I do agree with you from that perspective.
1: Well, but let me say this. Let me, let, me, let me say that I don't think ESPN did anything wrong because it's news. It's clearly news. He is the first openly gay NFL player in a, in a sport that is – this isn't tennis. This isn't golf. You know, this is physical contact, you know, at high speed. Um, You know, the quarterback takes his hand and puts it right on the butt of the center. You know, this is a men's sport. And so this is a big deal. And so I don't blame ESPN for having cameras and have cameras in any other pick, you know, late seventh round pick. But I don't blame them because it's news. But he knew that and played to those cameras. He, I don't think what he did was spontaneous. I think it was orchestrated. I think he knew exactly what he was doing because the cameras were there. And my problem is, is you didn't thank the people that you should have thanked first. That's a clear sign that you were doing it for the cameras. You wanted to publicize and republicize and republicize the fact that you were gay.
3: Now, I would they take a look into his past? Because from what I read, he didn't—he hasn't had the greatest of childhood, and I'm not sure his his parents were actually there the entire time. Well, because I'm not mistaken, a lot—a a lot of his family members, you know, either quite a few of them. He had some a couple of incarceration, a couple of some deaths, and some other things that went on. And football allowed him to escape all of that.
1: Okay. Well. Wow. There was a room full of people, and the only ones that you could see for a good two to three minutes was him and his partner. True. And, you know, nobody else in the celebration for two to three minutes. And then, and then after he thanked other people, then they went to the cake, and it was just him and his partner again shoving cake in their face. I mean, really now? Now, come on now. That's not a bit over-the-top I get it, you're happy I get it, and I, hey man, I, I don't know that feeling So I'm not even going to try to say I know how you feel, I don't know how you feel But I'm sorry, I just think that whole thing Was theatrical and over the top Because he wants To be known as That, that's what he wants he, Hey, who knows if he's going to make the team or not, right Rams, you know, we don't talk about it, But Rams got a pretty good team Pretty good draft, I mean, you know, pretty good defense I should say, so who knows um, We don't know what's going to happen you know, higher picks than him, uh, with more of a, a you know better track record in college, have not have, have have failed miserably. But he will always be the first openly gay person to be drafted in the NFL. I think he wants to know that he's going to always have that income stream, even if he doesn't make it in the NFL. I got this to market myself yep. as. Yep.
0: That's my thought. Jay, you got anything? No, I mean you definitely have a solid point, and I think the one thing that that you touched on that resonated with me is, okay, great, glad you got drafted, but just like every other football player that's drafted in the sixth round, seventh round, fifth round, whatever, you still got to make the football team. And that's really by far and away the most important piece for him personally, at least it should be. The fact that everybody knows he's gay, he got drafted, that's great. But if you're serious about football and you're serious about your career and you're serious about honing your craft and developing a skill set, to have a, a long, successful career in the NFL, you've got to start on square one. You've got to put the work in and get the mindset ready to go out there and make the team. Because as a seventh-round draft choice, there's no guarantee. It's not like a first-round or a second-round. You're a seventh-round pick. And like you said, it, I heard projections uh, prior to uh, the draft that he was going to be at, as early as a third, as late as a fifth. So, yeah, put some smack dab at four. But there's no guarantee you're going to be signing a contract tomorrow. Quit all this celebrating. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him, but it's time to get down to business now. You're a seventh-round pick. Get down to business.
3: But, see, that's, that's the part where I, I, I hear you guys keep harping on his celebration. We wouldn't know what his celebration was if, ES, if ESPN wasn't airing it. We don't even know ESPN if there was any it? other person. But
2: here's, but the point, here's my
1: thing. We don't, ESPN was airing it because he was gay. We got that. And we yeah, know I, he's at the point of sacrificing oh, oh. third or fourth-round money, which is more money than seventh-round money, because he wanted the world, it world to know he's gay. I told
3: you, I, I agree with you on that point. Now, as far as him falling, I will, I, I can't I can't disagree when K-Star said, yeah, it, it's due to him coming out. But it was, I think, also it had to do with his, with his metrics. I mean, when he tried to – when he was – when they compared him to other guys that were considered tweeners in the, in the draft, his metrics was lower than theirs, even though he yeah. got Co-Defensive player of the year. So I think you have to take that into account also. But I won't say that he, that he, that he dropped uh, just because of that. You know what I'm saying? I can't necessarily say right. uh, it was all metrics. It probably was the fact that he came out because it, it is media attention, and St. Louis will have a lot of it until training camp
0: truly restart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, think I mean. It's. It, 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 I, I hear what T is saying, and I hear what Train saying, and I think it's really one of those where it's what came first, the chicken or the egg. Because he can celebrate all he wants to, regardless of what cameras are there or not there. At the same token, you got ESPN. They're going to try and, and make the headlines because they are media, so they're going to do their job. So, like I said, which comes first, chicken or the egg? We
2: know what, what came first.
0: We, two. we, no, no, no. We know
1: what. There's no doubt what came first. What came first is he announced to the world that he was gay
0: before the draft. That's not the part I'm talking about, though. That's not the part I'm talking about. I'm talking about strictly being happy for the moment and being glad that he got drafted. Now, granted, yes, you you take the other side of the spectrum. A lot of it has to do with the fact that he is openly. Get that, understand it. But to your point, yes, he didn't have to be over the top. To the other side of the equation – ESPN didn't have to go in there and constantly show the, the affection and, and the liberation yeah, and the joy. Maybe,
1: maybe, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm not being clear. Y'all, y'all, y'all need to understand marketing here. There is, there is no ESPN didn't have to do it. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah, they did. This, this is sports. This is, this is, Jason Collins sits 12 deep on the Nets bench, and it was international news when he came. And I don't even think he was with a team at that moment. Okay? And it became international news. You know, the president acknowledged Michael Sam being drafted. You cannot sit there and say can have to. this is it huge is. news. So there's there's another no, thing anyway,
4: I don't know if you guys noticed or I'm sure you guys did, but I mean I I haven't realized how many people cared, like uh, you know, in the I guess the gay community, they showed a a clip of, of people just waiting for Michael Sam to be drafted and uh some kind of a a gay bar and they went nuts. I was just like, whoa, I mean, it's a big deal to a lot of people. It's, it had to be covered. It will be, but I feel like it's also theatrical.
1: See, we, we don't, we're not, you know, as far as I know, none of us here are homosexual. Um, (laughs) um, and so we don't we don't travel in those circles to understand the impact, okay? But at the same time, if you if you followed the coverage afterwards and the reactions and the people that were tweeting, I mean, when you get Obama acknowledging a late seventh round draft pick, Obama wouldn't have known this guy's name at that point, except for the fact that he is openly gay and it's uh, it's it's breaking new barriers now, right? You know, military, don't ask, don't tell, right? This is a whole new. So, no, ESPN had to be there. NFL Network had to be there. You know, they, they had to. What I'm saying is he didn't have to come out when he did. That's his choice. And after seeing the celebration, now, had he not celebrated like that, I, wouldn't, I would not have had this, this feeling. But because of the extensive celebration, I, my opinion, just my opinion, is that this was all planned. This was on purpose. This was him setting himself as a brand, as a spokesperson for gay rights, so that he has something. If football doesn't work, he's got this forever. He, he will always be, just like Jason Collins, always be the first openly gay people. Always. And that's going to go far, whether, they, whether you know Jason Collins been playing for a while. But this guy hasn't even, you know, he's not on the team yet. So that's all I'm saying, and, and that to me is a little bit disingenuous while you're saying I want to be known as a football player. No, you don't. No, you don't. I would more respect if he came out and said, yeah, I'm gay, and I want the world to know it, and, you know, I'm going to use this platform. Blah, blah. I said, okay, that's exactly what you're doing. You're using the platform. Hey, uh, K-Star. K-Star. Yeah. Uh, your paces are down by 20 at home. Oh, Lord.
4: Well, 3-1 in the series, though. I'm just trying. Like, it's well,
1: okay. after getting pushed seven games by the eighth-ranked team in, in, in the conference. I mean, I, I, you, you, let me just give you one piece of advice. Um, even though Hibbert has been playing better, your team ain't going to beat the Heat. So you really should stop calling them the best and that they're back because they ain't going to beat the Heat. Did you see LeBron 49 last night? That y'all can't? Y'all, Brooklyn, y'all can't. Has,
4: Brooklyn has no defense. I'm not trying to hear it.
1: Oh come on, Matt! LeBron really? James is
4: great. LeBron James is great, but th- let's be—I mean, the Pacers took the Heat to seven. Matchup wise, the Pacers are a perfect uh, matchup for the Heat. Last year, last fitted. year, last year. This team, the Pacers team this year is better. Right now, we've gone just in See, That's about about a better three team. one. After 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 going seven
1: games in the first series.
4: Come on, come on, man! Come on! We're just trying to find ourselves. It happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, you don't play ninety some games. You trying to find yourself? Woo. All right. <laughs> We're we gonna we get back to the NFL draft. I'm just sorry. I be I be reading I be reading K. Stars
4: Facebook comments. Just, oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The Pacers are the number one seed in the NBA.
2: They have way better over the Heat. And, and, and two and seven
4: last year. They have home court advantage. I still like the Pacers. They still have uh, some management problems. Oh.
1: You're speaking as a Pacers fan, which is what I always warn you about when we talk about football, is sometimes you got to put your loyalties aside. You're speaking as a Pacers fan. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, I, I, I appreciate yeah. that. Come on, man. If you <laughs>
2: they're not
4: playing as good as the Heat right now, period. No, oh, but they're losing the Heat if they were playing like this right now. I mean, they were losing the Washington right now. But at the end of the day, they're still 3-1 the series. I'm not in panic mode. There's no reason for me to be in panic mode. Everything's all good. It's going to play out like it's supposed to play the 3-2, yeah, though.
2: We'll
4: see
1: sad. what happens.
2: Looking like
4: 3-2. It wow, uh,
1: yes, is looking like
0: 3-2, but it's all
2: good. Mm, yeah.
0: Mm. All right. All right. Well, I'm um, glad they got home, home court. Yeah. Well, They're going to need it. Yeah.
1: All right. So, um, talk a little Johnny Manziel, and then we're going to talk team stuff. But, um, You know, we heard that, uh, and I'm going to ask K-Star this because K-Star, you know, you play the Browns twice a year. And uh, Johnny Manziel was drafted number 22, as everybody knows, Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns have announced, they released Vince Young, which kind of surprised me a little bit, but okay. And they have come out and said that Brian Hoyer is their starter. Mm -hmm. Did you have thoughts on... Their first-round draft pick, Heisman Trophy winner, and he's going to be sitting the bench, according to Brownsburg.
4: I don't think he's going to be on the bench at all. I just think it's, you know, the GM, the owner, whatever, just kind of posturing, playing, you know, hard to, you know, basically just saying to Johnny, you have to earn it. Um, doing what he's so supposed he to do. Going to be open competition, then? Why wouldn't he just say, hey, you know, we've got two, three
1: quarterbacks. It's going to be open competition. May the best quarterback win. Why wouldn't he just do that instead of
4: coming out and saying Hoyer's a starter? Uh, maybe he feels like he needs to humble Johnny Manzo. I don't know. I I mean, he's not the, he's not the, the thing is, it wasn't the coach who said that. I don't even know why he's speaking on it. The like, GM, yeah, the same guy who drafted him, who traded up to get him, you know, I don't know why he's disparaging him other than. Again, for him to kind of just do like a reality check to try to curb uh, Manzel's ego, if you will. But, you know, if he has to do that, I'm not sure why he, uh, you know, traded or drafted him in the first place. If he has to uh, play that in, you know, in the media and all that good stuff. And, again, he's not even the coach of the team, so I just, I, I don't really understand it. But as far as the player, player, I got to play, um, I gotta say that when they drafted Manzel, I didn't feel very good about it because I think Manzel's going to be pretty good in the NFL. Um, as a football player, as a quarterback, just because based off his instincts, his pocket presence, and his ability to create. <clears throat> so, I wasn't too really pleased when the Browns when the Browns landed Manziel. Uh, i not really happy about that, but typical Brown fashion, you know, Josh Gordon got suspended for the year. So, now is that so, official or is that still? Uh, up, he officially failed the drug test. NFL hasn't ruled on how long it will be. Crucial, but yes, it's, okay. Yeah,
1: right. so but not yeah. yet. Right now. Uh JB. Any thoughts on um, you know on um, the Manziel? Uh, mainly, I'm more I'm interested in the in the release that in the in the news that they're saying the Manziel is not going to start.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might be smoke and mirrors. Um, it might be cover up. I'm I'm really not sure either. I'm I'm right there with. With, uh, with K-Star, I think that, and and, uh, and you guys as well, if Foyer's just started, just come out and say it, that he just started, or if there's going to be quarterback competition, just say it's going to be a quarterback competition. And I, I think that there is truly really going to be a quarterback competition. I don't think Foyer can be officially named a starter. He played well up until he got hurt, but he is coming off a major injury. And I really believe it, it should be a quarterback competition and let the best quarterback win out. So it, it just might be smoke and mirrors and we'll, we'll let training can't decide that.
1: Uh, uh he, he played okay. I think Well's a bit strong. He he played okay. Well, I mean
0: all things all things considered. I think he played well, all things considered. I don't I don't think he played I mean,
1: well enough to just He wasn't yeah. bad.
0: He he was, definitely wasn't bad. He definitely made some plays.
4: Well,
1: I mean, he made some well, he made some plays. He also had, you know, I mean you got Josh Gordon on that team. that helps out of it. Um, um,
4: you know, it was, it was such a small sample size, that's ridiculous for that GM to even say that. It, it he isn't even touch OTAs or training camp. Like it's so stupid. Like it doesn't even make any sense why that's, you would do that. Right. Training?
3: snaps. Uh I just think uh I'm gonna agree with what I heard someone say earlier. You know, I think he was trying to uh Douse the fire of the media circus, but you can't do that. You drafted Johnny Manziel. You can't douse the fire on the media circus with Johnny Manziel. Same way you can not douse the fire for Michael Sam. It's coming, so just be prepared for it. But um, it's, 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 it's an open competition. So regardless of what they say, it's an open competition. I saw what I liked from Hoyer in a few games that I saw him play, and the one game I actually fully watched. But it's not to good open competition because you don't know when you have an either quarterback on the NFL level. Not truly.
1: You know, in my opinion, Hoyer didn't play well enough to be named the starter over um, a Heisman Trophy first-round draft pick. Okay, number one. Number two, I agree with Train 100%. Why it, it, The same circus that you're trying to douse is getting you uh, unprecedented season ticket sales. You will have a sellout every game next season now. And that is 100% because it started after you drafted Manzel. okay? It didn't start after you drafted uh, Gilbert. It started after you drafted Manzel. It didn't start after you moved down in the draft. It started after you drafted Manzel. So he's, bring, he's already becoming the face of your franchise, and then you come out and, and make an announcement whether, whether you mean it or not, whether it doesn't matter. Why would you do that? Do I have to go and show these GMs how to run business? Stupid. Dumb. And I don't care about uh, Brian Hoyer's feelings. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, we're going to win football games. You guys had a very good draft, arguably one of the better drafts of all the teams in the NFL. Okay. Now, granted, the Josh Gordon thing is gonna is gonna be tough because Josh Gordon arguably could make a case for being the best in the league next to Calvin Johnson. You know that that second tier receivers we always talk about. You know, with with Des and Brandon and and these guys. Marius. Mhm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, there's that second level, and Josh Gordon's right there, you know. And and if someone said, I think Josh Gordon is the second best, I don't have an argument against that. The guy's a phenom, and he might be gone. So I I get that you have that problem, but that's a one-year thing versus the next four or five years and where this franchise could finally go, you know. Uh, Literally, it has been in the dog pound, you know. And you could finally do something, and then you come out to, to, if it was, to douse the fire and the flame of Johnny Manziel, and we're going to humble him. Dumb move. Stupid.
4: And Dumb. if that's what she wanted to do, why didn't you at least put your coach up there and do it for where it would actually make sense as the coach of the football team, not the GM? It doesn't it's make a, any sense. It's just why bad don't you call around.
1: A draft pick and say, hey, look. You are a Cleveland Brown now, and let's talk about conduct and behavior and what we need from you. Why don't you do that? And this way you don't have to do anything. He's, he's you know, that's your player now, right? You drafted him. So, I, I mean, it's just stupid. It's just, it's just, it's just dumb to me. Anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know I, who I, they play week
4: one, by the way, don't you? Who, who's playing? Who? Wait, what? Brown's at Pittsburgh.
2: Week uh, one.
1: But, uh, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, Speaking to... of Pittsburgh, let's roll.
2: Let's roll right uh-huh. into
1: okay, Stop Let's roll right into Please. your Steelers. Let's roll right into your Steelers and tell us. Tell us. You know, if, if you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm not a big draft grade guy because you don't know. But it, so I, you don't have to use like a letter grade. But how do you think your Steelers did in the draft? I'll put it like this.
4: I placed a jersey order in for a draft pick of ours today. Um in Ryan Shazier. I am absolutely excited. Uh very, 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 very excited and just super ex- again, excited is the word because I I'm just really <clears throat> um pleased uh with the draft that the Steelers had as far as getting some of the talent they did. Um, you know, with IE draft pick and then again the, the speed in which the Steelers uh gained uh from this draft as well with, you know, Ryan Shazier, who uh is the fastest linebacker in there the draft since uh Mr. Brian Erlacher, which, you know, we all know how that career played out. Um, you know, getting guys like Gray Archer, uh the fastest uh, player in the draft, bringing four two six forty like just, just potentially impactful players, step on to it from Nerd Dame in the second round uh, to short the run defense. And uh you know, Martavius, Martavius Bryant, you know, uh Sidney Watkins is a teammate in Clemson, uh, the tall receiver who only played a year there as a starter. Uh, I'm just really excited because there's some players that start for the Steelers day one, and these players are very, very, from an athletic standpoint, uh, explosive. And, you know, the one thing the Steelers had issues with over the past couple years is the fact that we got, quote, unquote, old and slow Well, Ryan Shazier immediately changes that. And uh on the offensive side, you know, Dre Archer, you know, in special team side uh, is just in such an explosive talent. Um, so I'm really v I am really i am very, 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 very excited. And by the way, see, I don't know if you've heard this, I'm sure you did, but apparently the Cowboys had Ryan Shazier's name and they were talking to, you know, the agents of Ryan oh, Shazier yeah,
1: the first the first four picks the Cowboys had on their on their big board were defensive players and Shazier was the last one available. Sure. Um, and they wanted him badly, and I agree with everything you say about the guy. I, I watched some film on him, and, um, you know, he, he's the truth, and uh, I was disappointed um, for a moment, but, you know, I moved on that we didn't get him. And um, But, yeah, the Cowboys, and, and, and my sources tell me that they did try um, to swap picks with the Steelers, and the Steelers wouldn't budge. So, um, no. yeah, they, they tried to get that. They they had a feeling that Steelers might go for him. So they made the call to see if the Steelers wanted to swap picks and give you guys a seventh round pick for it and you guys wouldn't budge. Y'all want it shazier. So and, and yeah, and, and he and it was a great pick. I I can't even you know, I, my 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 dislike for your team will never overpower my knowledge of football and uh it was a good pick for you guys, it really was. Um he should he is a guy that should I'm come playing, right I'm in
4: setting.
1: impact player. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I got a um, border in the jersey today, so I'm pretty excited about the, the draft the Steelers had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Dr. Train, let's go to your Bears and, um, you know, your thoughts on, um, you know, d- your Bears uh, um, draft.
2: <laughs>
1: well, first of all,
2: let me
3: say the short answer of it is that I'm satisfied with, with what they've done. But, man, was I sitting there waiting for Aaron Donald to drop and drop and drop. And here we are at the 13th pick, and I'm like, just one more spot. Just one more spot, big boy, and you'll, you'll be a bear. I know it. And I'll be damned if St. Louis go ahead and snatch him up. And then I jumped out the seat. Because I really wanted that guy. First and three technique. I really wanted him to be a
1: bear. Yeah, and he was six. another guy. He was another guy that uh, Cowboys ah. had four, four defensive players before the O-linemen they took, and Donald was, was one of them too. So, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, I was surprised to see him jump. He made it past Tampa Bay. Evidently, Lovey Smith felt like he got the defense that he needs because Tampa Bay went, you know, majority offense for the, for that draft. Uh, but we missed him, and Chicago turned around and they drafted, you know, the cornerback Kyle Fuller, who was rated as uh, one of the top, well, on some people' boards, the top corner in the draft, the most NFL-ready corner. So I'm I'm not dissatisfied with that at all. Cause Tillman is Tillman is old. You know, and uh, he may only be there for another year or so. So it, this, this was a good year to go get a guy that could play, that could play corner, and he'll probably play. He'll probably win a nickelback position because this day and age, you need three corners, if not more. Got a couple of defensive tackles uh, satisfied with that because we really needed some young defensive tackles, and then we got a safety in the fourth round. As far as what we did after that, I don't really care. But the first four picks. I'm, I'm very satisfied.
1: Okay. Um, JB, I'm going to allow you, give you the floor, and give us your thoughts on uh, the Dallas Cowboys draft.
0: Uh, everything that's been discussed as far as the four defensive players taken ahead, I mean, you hate to see that happen, but, I mean, that's and that's how it goes So with that being said I am glad that they picked Jack Martin He's probably Out of all the uh, First round Old tackles to go Probably the most versatile uh, He can play all five positions So I think Getting that particular guy Is A um, good pick there for them I, I like the fact that They did get DeMarcus Lawrence uh, Out of Boise State Traded up only a couple of spots To get him um, I still wish for a little bit more defensive help, but I mean, you can only get what you can get. The Terrence Mitchell pick is actually an interesting one because from what I was reading before, he was slated to go third or fourth round, so to get him at seventh, it may be a steal. I'm not exactly sure why he dropped so far, but um, that's an interesting pick right there, so I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes. If he pans out, he might be a sleeper pick for him. So overall, it was okay.
2: Okay.
1: Um well, you know, I, I will just add, you know, um it took me a while to um come around to Zach Martin being okay. Uh I was I was very upset to be honest with you. When when you have the worst defense in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, and the worst, uh, the third worst defense in the history of the NFL, and your first pick is a offensive lineman, um, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. So it took me a while to come around and say I'm okay with that pick. And and the reason I'm okay with that pick is, um, number one, the the, the Dallas teams in the past that have been dominated always have had – um, dominant offensive lineman. This gives us three first-round picks in the last four years on that line. And with an aging quarterback who's now 34 years old with two back injuries, um, I, 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 I finally said okay. And he was he was the best um, uh, player on their board. And you never, you never want to draft down. You know what I mean? So for that reason, I said okay. Okay. Um, Jason is absolutely right with the with the Williams pick sleeper pick, go for it. Um, also, I like I mean I like the Demarcus Lawrence pick, but that's you know second round pick. I like that they moved up to get him. That's great. But I really like the Ahmad Dixon, even though it's a seventh round pick. I really like that, that safety, and um, yeah. you know the Cowboys have really looked and needed. I mean. You know, back in the day when Roy Williams was younger and and um, Darren Woodson was back there with him, that was a very strong safety combination. Darren Woodson retires due to injury, and Roy Williams just spiraled out of control and ended up retiring himself by 30 years old. He was never the same after Darren Woodson left, and the Cowboys have struggled to have consistent safety play. Um, back there, So I'm pleased with that pick. I think, I think that's a, another underappreciated pick. A lot of people are giving Cowboys the Cowboys um, low grades on this draft, but they also have to realize that the Cowboys are strapped for salary cap money. And so they, they really couldn't go after the splashy player like people thought. And um, Jay kind of mentioned it early on, but I'm going to steal his thunder because I can. Uh, I am very happy they didn't go after Johnny Manziel anybody out there who thinks that Jerry Jones is calling all the shots has to realize that that is a sign that Jerry Jones is not calling all the shots because Jerry always wants the splashy pick. And he acquiesced to Steven and some of the other players uh, or um, executives and went with conventional wisdom and took somebody that they know could come in right away and make this team better right now. And so for that, I have to, I have to give Jerry Jones some credit and the Cowboys organization some credit. Maybe just maybe, you know, we'll start to see more than an eight and eight season. I'm not gonna hold my breath, but maybe maybe that's coming. Um. Mm, yeah. We'll see. Train, I'm gonna go back to you. If you had to pick, um, you know, if you have an opinion, do you have a team that you say? And I'm gonna ask all of you guys this, but who's your best? You know, if you had to pick a team that you say, this team had the best NFL draft, in my opinion, who, who, do you, who would you pick?
3: Man, I'm going to actually go with the St. Louis Rams. Uh, I, uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the draft is going to win in the division this year, but I think as far as making them competitive, giving them the type of defenses that they constantly see in their, in their division on the on regular, I think they did well. First, you, you go get the top uh, offensive lineman and Greg Robinson. Then you follow up with Aaron Donald. I mean, those two top picks came in real handy. You know what I'm saying? I think you got to thank the Redskins for that. Uh, then you turn around, and, and regardless of what they say about when I saw the table, Michael Sandler thinking to myself, there's no pressure on him to come in and be the man at St. Louis. So if he could just come in and play to the ability uh, that he played to to get co-defensive players of the year for the SEC, uh, along with some other picks that may, I, I think the Rams did pretty well. I, I, I'll have to choose the Rams.
1: Well, I'm just going to just jump in. I was going to go to one of you guys first, but I'm going to agree with you. I had the Rams, too. Um, I, I, everything you said, I mean, Robinson's a beast. We talked about him in a draft show. We had talked about Donald and how we all pretty much wanted Donald to join our teams, you know, um, and, and catching Michael Sam, um, despite my, my thoughts on his motive, let's be honest. Um, you know, the guy was an effective pass rusher projected to be, you know, fourth, maybe even a third round pick. And you get him. At, you get him at, in the seventh round, um, you know, I I agree. I really think that this team did a lot to help themselves. And and remember, you know, uh the division that they're playing in. You know, they are they are equipped to go up against the juggernauts in their division. Um and, and you know, I, I think you know, Jeff Fisher, I mean, the guy the guy is quickly showing why he was thirteen years in Tennessee. He's quickly showing how good of a coach he really is to come to another team now, and it's turning that whole organization around. So I just jump in and agree with you, train. I think the Rams. And, and let me just add one other comment that um, um, I really didn't ask, but I'm just going to throw this in. I think the Redskins had the worst draft. Um, but this is what happens when you spend all your money on free agents. You've got no money to sign rookies. And I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict it right now, the Redskins will not be a factor next year. I'm telling you now, I've seen this song before. I've seen this Whoa. movie before. I've seen this movie before with the Redskins. Go out and get the free agents and try to create a super team, and the super team falls flat. I've seen it in Washington more than once with Dan Snyder as the owner. Okay? And and now I know, you know, they got uh, Gruden in there now, so but it's huge. His, well, yeah, but he's an, un, he's an unproven head coach. I'm not yeah, saying true. That, that, that is true. but I think he will help RG 3s you know, development. Uh, he's, he's, I, I, I don't, I don't argue that point at all. I think quarterback wise, we know the Gruden family knows quarterbacks. Okay. So I don't argue that point at all. And, and RG three is the X factor in everything. I'm saying the guy, yeah. you know, I, if RG three plays like he did his rookie year, then all bets are off. The guy was unstoppable, but, Teams adjusted, and he wasn't healthy, and so we'll see. But, you know, they go get Hatcher. They go get Deshaun Jackson. They, you know, uh, I, I, somebody else they picked up, too. You know, they, they're trying to win now, and I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. I've seen this song before in Washington, and I'm just saying now, I, don't, I, I think it's going to be a disappointing year for all you Redskins fans. I'm sorry. My buddy Mark is a Redskins fan. He's probably listening, or if not, he's catching the podcast. Sorry, Mark. It's just a football opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, let me move on to K-Star. K-Star, if you had to pick a team and say this, this team did the best in the draft, who would
4: you, who would you pick? Ooh. You uh, know, this is – I want to go with the Niners because the Niners had so many damn draft picks, A eh? – Uh, in, like, the top four rounds. And some of the players they made out with, um, I I think uh, just they did a great job. I mean, they got Carlos Hyde, the running back from Ohio State, who's a very, very good player. Um, And, you know, they're loaded at the running back position now. You know, Frank Gore has some tread on his tires, and we've been talking about that for years. But Carlos Hyde, I think, could make an immediate impact for them right away. Um, You know, then they had another safety, which they needed needed to do, um, you know, get some more help in defense. But they also traded – for Stevie Johnson, uh, you know, I think I believe they trade a fourth-round pick uh, to the Bills for him. And Stevie Johnson is a very, very solid receiver. He'll definitely be a, a big help to the Niners' passing game. Which, um, you know, the more weapons, the merrier. So I, I really like what the San Francisco 49ers did. Um, you know, that that division, that's West, just you know, I mean, it's tough to grade a draft because it's who really knows. Uh, you can only project. But you know, the Cardinals, the Rams. Uh, and you know the Niners and you know the Seahawks are the Seahawks, but the Cardinals and Rams really impressed me. But you know the Niners again, they just had so many draft picks, and I just looked and you just watched them, and it seemed like they're just like re-upping, reloading. Um, so I, I was really impressed with them. Well, but you know why? Stevie, you know why Stevie Johnson became available, though. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. It got a little crowded in uh Buffalo. Oh well
1: yeah, yeah I mean I mean uh, you know, I I mean he became expendable. You know what I mean? Um yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and he's he's a solid receiver. We'll we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens out there. Um yeah. we'll see. I don't know.
4: And and Trey, I want to caution you by the way, because people really aren't talking about this pick. Um uh, but I, I really like what the the Lions did in the first round pick getting the tight on Ebron. Um when you look at, you know, the, the Lions offense uh, the past couple of years, I mean, now they have Jim Caldwell, which, you know, is a help because, you know, we all already know how that shorts experiment went. But when you look at the Detroit Lions adding that uh, Eron at a tight end, and he's extremely versatile, really explosive, um, to the middle of the field, and you have Reggie Bush and Joy Bell, and you have, you know, Calvin and, and Golden Tate. They only had Calvin for explosive plays, and, you know, up until last year, Reggie Bush. So, uh, offensively, what the Lions did I'm, I'm really intrigued by because I think that this will make uh, you know uh, Matt Stafford life a lot easier. You know, he's had sloppy play at times. Um, the Lions in general have just been a very, very sloppy team, but uh, that had end Ebron's pretty, a uh, pretty impressive athlete. Oh, you pretty know, before a before trade, so let,
1: let me just let me just say the problem when you miss a show is we hyped Ebron last week. Um, so you're not
2: okay.
1: the, yeah, we hyped them last week. Um, but okay, guys, that's that was a great right. pick,
4: well, though, specifically for Detroit. Just again with uh, what their teams, you know, their their personnel and all that good stuff.
3: Well, let me say this: um, them picking uh, Eric Ebron did not uh, doesn't really make me nervous about Detroit. Them hiring Caldwell had already made me nervous about Detroit. I'm give on what players they get. Dude, know how to tame? you know how to tame a team. They were dysfunctional. Team with talent, and now they got a head coach who knows how to use
1: their talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, is nice, and, 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 well, and remember this, remember this, and I, I agree with Trane. He, he, Ebron is nice, but Stafford throws for, has thrown for 5,000 yards. Um, so got to he, do that not there's, Yeah, there's, a, there's only one football. And so, you know, keep that in mind that, the, you know, while he would be a great addition Uh, Let's just see, you know, where he fits into that scheme because, you know – They have some playmakers there, and so what is this guy? What is he really going to be? You know, is is he is he? He's a he. We hyped him last week and talked about a couple of teams that he could go to and make an impact. I I would say that that was really not the great the greatest place for him to go to to make an impact. He he should have he should have there should have been you know I'd I'd have to look and see who picked uh, first uh, the first nine picks, but I think there were better options for him where he would have made a bigger impact. He's not going to make that big of a splash because of the the weapons they
4: have now, which is quite a few, you know, like so, I think that he may be number wise, numbers wise, may not make a huge impact. But I think that for Matt Stafford, just having that comfort or in middle of the field, and then again, you calling double Calvin. I mean, so often, awesome. I, I just think that's a great security blanket for uh, what the Lions have, and and I think that the Lions are gonna run the ball a lot more this year, which they should because 5,000 pass yards didn't win them too many games. Um, well, so.
1: and I think that's where Caldwell, like Train said, is really going to make an impact. Yeah. Um,
0: I agree. J.B. Let me me put my two cents in uh, on that Detroit one, too, because I want everybody to get their say. And and I agree with you, T. There's only one football to go around, and there's got plenty of playmakers out there. And let's not forget, because I'm the one that was probably front and center hacking the guy because I've seen him play, and he he's a solid tight end. He's a solid tight end, and... Detroit really, I don't think, would be the appropriate place for them to go because of all the playmakers they have. And like I said last week, he's not a, a blocking tight end; he's a receiving tight end. So you got Pedigree for keep Also, he's not a tight end, and you you've got a ton of done. other folks to throw the ball to. Now you got to throw the ball to this guy too. First year, oh, in,
4: you're
0: not going to see a big impact unless someone gets hurt. Back I can't. I just grab more of you guys. Adding,
4: um, them, adding uh, somehow another weapon is. Now uh now oh, in the past, I just I can't believe what I'm hearing. Him. And Brandon Danger, by the way, is a blocking tight end. They probably have yeah. two out two, two tight ends, tight end. but he's, he's a quality Good player. Point.
1: Um Um but again, you throw for five thousand yards without this guy being on the team. So who's who's who can you now? Though. It was a floppy
4: 5,000. I
1: just think that he's going to like, again. Still, oh, <laughs> still 5,000 yards. It's still, it's still a monumental effort. And so who's, who's, who this year is going to give up receptions and yards for this guy? Where is it coming from? No, 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 no. It, 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 it is exactly about that. If this guy is going to come in and get 40, 50 catches his first year, then that means is Calvin Johnson not getting them? Is Reggie Bush not getting is them? Is, where, where are they coming from? And how does that, how does that affect your continuity? Because, you know, that, 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 this team was considered an offensive juggernaut. Dysfunctional, yes. That's because of their coach. That's not because of Ebron. That's because of Jim Swartz. I called it all last year. Jay's right. He was front and center on Ebron last week. Well, all last year during the Madden Voice, I was front and center on Swartz. Told you the Lions will never go anywhere under that head coach. And he's gone now. Now they got a coach in there that's been there. You know, he's been there. He's coached the best in the business. So, um, I think and we, agree that we think the Lions are going to be a better offensive team than they've but been but not so much read. because of Ebron, Not so much because of Ebron as much as Caldwell. I, I think that he's not a bad pick. Don't mistake what I'm saying, and I think what I hear Jay saying too. He's not a bad pick, and he's a great player. We just think there were probably better fits for him where he would make more of an impact than we think he's going to make in Detroit. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it's going to be the impact. Okay. The potential is there. The potential is there because this guy's you know, he, he's very good. But we'll see. We'll see. And I think Trey hit it right on the head.
3: And, and, the, and the last thing I just want to ask you that, I mean, Jay, you, mean, uh, take, start, you take the Bears, you know what I'm saying? The Bears had the second-run offense this season. Well, we had two twin towers, Marshawn, Marshall, I mean, um, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. we had Matt Forte, and then we also had Martellus Bennett. There's only so much ball to go around. We had 2,000-yard receivers, but Martellus Bennett is the one who, who didn't get a whole lot of not and a whole lot of stuff. He was still effective, though. So if you're looking for someone that can be effective, yeah, but just to break out, no, the attention is still going to be out. It's still going to be
4: uh, I don't think I'm looking for a breakout at all. I just think it's going to help their overall offensive efficiency. Oh, yeah because Matt Stafford is very I tough at the ball. And I think Jim Shorts with the addition of of to Tate and, and Brandon, or, and i sorry, and uh, Ebron, you know, and, and again, I'm sure they're on the ball a lot more. I just think that efficiency-wise, they're going to be very tough to stop because they're going to be a very balanced offense. And I, I assume they're going to run double tight end, set because Pedigree's be pretty good. So, so
2: we'll see. Yeah, they like they should have went
0: with Zach Martin. Yeah. The staff have been running for his life the last two, three years. So they, if they wanted yes, to go has. offense, they should have went and got themselves a, a Zach Martin.
2: That would have been a better fit. I, I
0: agree with that. Definitely showing up that offensive line.
2: All right. Um, last,
1: somebody's probably got to mute themselves because I get a lot of background noise. Are you
2: closing My bad.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, T, you you wanted my own Yes All right uh, A lot lot of good teams mentioned I probably will agree with the Rams Also, Uh, the the first two First round picks that they grabbed uh, Phenomenal, very smart And I think I would actually have taken the Browns if they had addressed Their wide receiver concerns, I would have taken the Browns Over the Rams, but because they didn't uh, I think the Rams had the best draft They just seem like they are they're poised to really put some pressure on the upper echelon teams in their division. So they, they, the picks were, were necessary and they were poignant, and I think, think Fisher needs to be um, applauded for his selection.
4: Yeah, but I'm here. I couldn't believe it. After the Josh Gordon news, and they were well aware of it.
0: Yeah, that was puzzling to me too. I mean, especially when the, the, the pick that I liked with the Cowboys was at uh, Devon Street in the fifth round. Uh, he's a solid receiver out of Pittsburgh. He's not flashy, but he's definitely a solid. He can go with, just snatch the ball out of the yeah, air. Yeah, if they had, picked, if the Browns had taken Street, then I'd said the Browns had oh, the better or draft.
2: Mar-
4: or Martavius Bryant, which my Steelers luckily got in the fourth round of I me. Mean, he also was an extremely talented guy who was raw, and yep. I, I just, I was happy that they ignored the receiver. I just couldn't believe it because yeah, up to that point, the Browns had quite the draft at least on paper. I was uh, A little nervous, but Josh Gordon, down Josh Gordon Brown.
0: You're exactly right, Martavius Bryant. If Sammy Watkins wasn't such a dynamic player, there would have been more talking about Martavius. But because Sammy Watkins is just the cream of the crop when it comes to the receivers, that's why he was getting all the publicity and then Martavius wasn't. But that's the only reason.
2: Yep.
1: You know, and, and just to piggyback something you guys said, not necessarily bringing it to Dallas, but just quickly, you know, Jay mentioned Devin Street, which I think a fifth-round pick was a, was a great pickup for the Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I don't understand why the Cowboys are getting such low grades because literally they addressed every need that they had in this draft. Every need that they had, they addressed. And in pretty and much every case.
0: For cash too.
1: And considering their are for cash, I mean, you know, yeah, I, there's, not the one one, pla- yeah. there's not one player – I mean, with, with the exception of maybe Mitchell, um, and even then, you know, when they go on the dime packages, this guy could see some time. Um, but every one of these players could start. There's not one of these guys, you know, even when you get down into the fifth, sixth, seventh round, well, they we don't have any sixth-round picks, but every one of these guys will be competing for a starting job. I can tell you that right now because um, there's no one that's ahead of them that's a lock. So I don't understand. I think, you know, but anyway, I just, I just, when you mentioned Street, I was like, oh, yeah, Dallas did get him. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, good pick. last but, yeah I, think, yeah, I think it was a good pick. Uh, I just hope they can afford all these guys. <laughs> but
0: uh, Yeah, that's the other problem.
1: We kind of already mentioned Josh Gordon. I really don't think there's much more to add to the Josh Gordon situation. Um, I'll, I'll just make a general comment if you guys want to chime in. Um, I, you know, apparently, and, I, you know, as, as this has now hit the news, um, I it mean, is, it is heading towards, um, oh, by the way, K-Star, um, it is now 3-2. Your team got spanked at home. But anyway. Um, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I, can't, I can't resist. I, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the playoffs, just for, just for the record, at the beginning of the playoffs I said, Heat and Pacers, Thunder and Spurs that's what i said and i'm sticking to it um and i still think it's going to be the thunder and the heat again that's who i think um just based on my knowledge of basketball i really don't have a team anymore since michael jordan retired i, I don't have a team anymore but I, I just think the heat's the best team in the nba right now and I, I don't see them losing again as long as wade stays healthy but anyway i'm getting off the point um josh gordon to me i don't get it you this is this is a classic case of you have everything handed to not handed to you've worked for it and you've got everything in front of you now and it's more important for you to go get high again than to stay clean and continue to be a productive member of the Cleveland Browns and to stake your claim as one of the best and and you know maybe after next year maybe you could start to be considered. You know, if K-Star is right and Ebron comes out and becomes an impact player and Calvin Johnson maybe not as much of an impact player because they spread the ball around him and, and it becomes more ball control and, you know, even distribution. Hey, maybe now you're considered the best wide receiver in the game next year. Who knows? It's right there for you. And you go, and instead of doing that, you go get high. And now it's pretty clear because it's not your first offense, you're going to get suspended. I, I just don't get it. You work your whole life to get in this position and you blow it just to get high. I, just, I
4: don't, I don't get it. I really don't Fifth get it. Process, he's failed. That's horrible. What is he doing? He's been in the league for like three years. Like what is Josh Gordon? What is going to Josh Gordon's mind? I, I think I he's hanging out with
1: Rick, Ricky, Ricky Williams. That's what I think.
4: Uh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, That's so ridiculous. I was happy. I mean, don't be wrong. like, I feel bad at saying that. I was happy that Josh Gordon got in trouble, but like, oh my god, like I was worried about the whole you know Manziel running around like an idiot, and then you know hitting Josh Gordon deep. I don't have to worry about that this year more than likely. And it's all because Josh Gordon is just an idiot. Like I, I, I mean, I, made, I literally tweeted out the night before or when, uh, Manziel and, uh, yeah, when Manziel and yeah, when Manzel was drafted, I, I tweeted out saying you know. How, so how long is it before Josh Gordon gets a spin for the year for partying too hard with Johnny Manziel? All right, they did party too hard with Johnny Manziel. He partied too hard two weeks prior to it apparently, and got high in his car, and and now it's his uh, this year is up in smoke for Josh Gordon. More than likely, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It, it really is, and you know, and and you gotta you gotta think that if Manziel felt, thought like, wow, look at the situation I'm getting into. Um, you know, you, you got to think that he's now pretty irritated, you know, that, that your all-pro, pro-bowl wide receiver is facing a
4: suspension before you even sign a contract with the team, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. What did, yeah. you know, take the wind out of the sails in Cleveland? though. That black cloud, that just permeates them, it feels like, the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: all right, guys. Um, I got nothing more, um, you know, to all of our faithful listeners out there uh you know this is really as far as football goes uh there might be some little bits of news but i you know probably won't hear the madden voice on for a while um not to say that we may not come back if some big news hits or something worthwhile hits i mean uh maybe we'll come back and do an nba show and me and k star will debate the pacers versus the heat uh if, if, if it comes down to that or something. But. Um, you know, so stay tuned to Twitter, stay tuned to Facebook. We might come back with a special show here and there, but I will be honest for the most part, this will probably be it for the Madden voice until, uh, training camp starts and we're we're starting to see football again, um, you know, towards the middle to the late summer. Um, but stay tuned to Facebook for updates, stay tuned to Twitter for any updates, you know, uh, I check it daily. So questions, comments, suggestions, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to, you know, kind of take a little more of a break and, uh, you know, keep on top of the NFL news. And like I said, if some breaking news hits, uh, we'll be back on the air for that. But other than that, you know, we're going to take a little uh, – enjoy our families, enjoy some summer, and, uh, you know, just relax a little bit and get ready for the next season. So that said, uh, Dr. Train, bring you back on. Any final words? Well, uh, I do want to give just a small shout out to the Jaguars,
3: man. I actually –
2: Oh, yeah for a team
3: that gets focused on one side of the ball. And I don't know what Blake Bortles is going to turn out to be, but you went and got Blake Bortles, and then you went and got him on target. And so now you have this class, this rookie class is coming in together that's going to get chemistry together. And and I think that, that means a lot for the Jaguars moving, moving forward. So maybe three years down the line, we may see a different Jaguars. Team. Uh, I agree. Also, I agree
4: with
0: that.
3: Yeah. Uh, as far as the Josh Gordon situation, just to say, I'm just purely annoyed. That's, that's, all, that's all I can put in that, just, just annoyed. Mm. It's, it's, you know, I think him and James Winston were cut from the same cloth. Uh, mm. uh, just stupid things. Stupid. Just, him
2: and, you know. and, and uh, Last thing.
3: Yeah, Jameis. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. And the last thing I'd say is that, man, I trust and feel Emory as our GM. This guy picked our offensive line in one season, and I'm hoping and I'm he can make the defense relevant this season and like it used to be. So, uh, and I think he did a good job with what he's done in the draft so far, plus. with that With that, go back.
1: All right. Thank you, Train. Uh, K-Star, last
4: thoughts, comments? Uh just really excited to see his draft. Um the draft just pumping me up for football anyway. It's sad, that it's still you know a few months away for uh you know training camp and all those th- all those other things, but um man, I'm really excited. And um Ryan Schiff here, I came with to watch you play in Pittsburgh. man. Okay.
1: Uh JB, last thoughts or comments? Uh
0: well, my last comments uh, at, at first I was a little angry with the NFL for pushing the, the draft all the way to early May. Uh, obviously, as a football fan, I can't wait to get to the draft as soon as the football season is officially over with the, the Super Bowl. But now, in retrospect, I'm glad that they were able to push it back to early May and, and kind of string out the fact that we can have football almost as a headline year-round. So, uh, kudos to, to the NFL for making the draft in, in early May instead of having it Mid to late April, like they had in the past. So, uh, as uh, K Star said, anxious for football to get started. Yeah, I echo those same sentiments. Uh, it was a great draft, great hype, great storylines, and I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to have some football come on. So, uh, I'll wait patiently, but I'll be waiting with uh, bated breath. I'm ready to see some some skin myself.
2: All right.
1: Well, thank you, K Star. Thank you, J B. And thank you, Dr. Train. I'm going to mute you guys and say a few comments and then get out of here myself. Um, uh, I am always eager for football, but I'm never eager for the warm weather to leave us. So I wait patiently as I ride my motorcycle and go to the beach and, and, and and enjoy the warm weather. Although I will admit I have not been on my motorcycle. Well, one, one time briefly, but um, so I enjoy the summer and I'm going to enjoy this summer, but I am as eager as anybody. I, 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 I wish football, I understand why it's not, but I wish it was a winter, a summer sport. Um, but that said the draft definitely got me hyped. I am, um, uh, optimistic about the Cowboys. Um, Romo is right actually ahead of pace recovery wise. Um, they've beefed up the offensive line. They went and drafted smart considering their salary cap issues rod marinelli is now the defensive coordinator so this is now his defense we've seen what he's done in chicago and we've seen what um he did with uh you know he is 16 defensive linemen last year the most in the nfl and um granted it was the worst defense um you know in cowboy history um but think about the fact that you know, all the injuries and stuff that Dallas had to go through. And, um, you know, he, he spit and glue kept them going, kept them, you know, an eight and eight and, you know, a, a Kyle Orton interception away from going winning the division and going to the playoffs. So uh, I am optimistic again that the Cowboys understand that, you know, you just lost where one of your cornerstones, storm cornerstones, you've got uh, limited time with Romo, and with Witten, the other two cornerstones. And then you've got a phenom like Des Bryant. Um, you know, you got Sean Lee. You, you know, you've got some pieces. Yes, you re-signed Anthony Spencer. So you've got some pieces. And maybe Dallas saw what Seattle did and said, okay, well, there is a way that we can get some playmakers in here and not break the bank. Just maybe. We'll see. Um, I stand by everything I said about Michael Sam. If anyone wants to take me to task. Go on the Madden Voice Facebook page and comment on it, um, or send me a tweet. I- I- I'm easy to find. And um, finally, uh, you know, I am going to enjoy, even though this is an NFL show. I'm going to enjoy the NBA. And I, you know, as I gave K Star hard time, I do know the Pacers match up well against the Heat. They get up to play the Heat, um, so it should be a good series. But they better, they better not sleep on these Wizards. Now it's three two, so you know, and they got to now. They head back to Washington for Game Six, so. Um, don't sleep on these wizards, but nevertheless, enjoy the NBA. Hope everybody enjoyed the draft. Um, stay, stay tuned for what's next. That's the best thing I can stay, say right now. Stay tuned for what's next. So for Dr. Train, for JB, for K-Star, remember here at the Madden Voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody.